Hello and welcome to MikeyPod Podcast, episode 350 for September 20th, 2022. Today's guest is Caroline Weinroth. She's the lead singer, guitarist, and songwriter for the band Cinema Hearts. We'll be talking about her history as a contender for Miss Virginia and how that history inspired the band's latest EP, Your Ideal. This conversation is like so much more than that. It's super deep. It was one of those conversations where I kept like, getting stunned and like, okay, I got to process for a second. Uh, It was a really great conversation. And uh, Caroline was really fun to talk to. You're going to love this interview. Stick around. By the way, I'm your host, Michael Heron. I'm a composer, pianist, electronic musician, storyteller, and activist based in New York City. On this podcast, I have conversations with fellow creators who use their creativity to change the world. I've been sending this podcast to your ears for well over 17 years. If you like what you hear, subscribe using the colorful buttons in the sidebar and footer at MikeyPod.com, or you can just search MikeyPod in your favorite podcast directory. If you'd like to know more about me, stop by my website at MichaelHeron.com. Hit me up on social media everywhere. Actually, don't do that right now because I put everything in dormant mode. But if you're listening to this later, uh, <laughs> hit me up on social media everywhere as at Michael Heron, or you can always email me at MikeyPod at gmail.com. And there's an art form that has been left behind uh, with the advent of social media, and that is leaving comments on people's websites. You could always leave a comment at MikeyPod.com on this episode or any of the other fine episodes. The other 349 fine episodes of that podcast, which I have been kind of investigating lately. Um, So I've been cleaning up the back end of my websites and there's been a lot of noticing a lot of dead links and a lot of weird things happened. So I've been revisiting all these old posts, which I've mentioned before. But the other thing that I just decided to start doing is uh, to create a huge playlist. Right now, it's just on Apple Music. Of all the music that I've played on the podcast over the years, why are my plosives so bad right now? Um, I don't remember ever hearing them that bad. So let's, there, uh, it's called, it's on my Mikey, uh, my, uh, my (laughs) Apple music profile. Uh, it's, uh, 258 songs, but I've only made it through making this collection through the first 133 episodes of the show, which was back in 2009, I think is where, where we're at now. It's really interesting to me anyway. Pulling all these songs together, lots of pod safe music, lots of songs I played that weren't exactly uh, with permission, um, still flying under the radar somehow, which maybe I should stop talking about that. Um, but it's really been fun. And one of the things that I noticed and kind of miss about doing this podcast is that I used to be a lot more me, <laughs> a lot more sort of like reflections, kind of like what do they call it? A personal. Um, or like a personal journal type thing. I don't think I want to go completely in that direction. But I came to a point somehow where I was like, oh, this isn't about me. It's about the guests. But people really were interacting with the podcast a lot more back then. So maybe I should be a little less worried about um, talking about myself. But of course, saying that I'm going to be less worried about talking about myself makes me even more self-conscious about it. So that'll be enough of that. Maybe more next time. <laughs> um, there are a couple of things I want to make sure I tell you about before we get into the interview with Caroline. One of them is that there is a NYC Podcaster Expo coming up. Um, and one of the things I didn't used to have to do is put on reading glasses, but I'm doing that right now. And this meetup is October 9th. It's coming up very soon. Um, it's a meetup tour and 
NYC Podcaster's second annual mini-con. And I didn't go to the first annual mini-con, which is a a damn shame, honestly. But I'm going to go to this one, and there's going to be speakers. I'm going to be giving a little quick talk, and um, I'll put a link to all this information on the website. If you're in NYC, come to this. Um, it's, it's sort of a shame that we don't have more of a the active podcast community. I was just about to go in a whole thing about like, back in my day, podcasts were just about individual indie podcasts. Now, the podcast, and I know that they're really good, but I like podcasts like when we're just talking and it's not some big, you know, oh, that's enough of that. <laughs> I didn't make my point. <laughs> I feel like a lot of podcasts are like, NPR, and they're not made by NPR, but there's a definite like thing that happens in there. It used to be so much. It's still fun. It's still fun. Anyway, I'm going on too much. Uh, the other thing I need to tell you about is um, Cinema Hearts, the band we're going to be talking about today with Carolyn Weinroth. They have their album release show in Washington, D.C. on September 23rd. It's at 10 p.m. at Comet Ping Pong. Um, I'll put a link in the show notes for that as well, as well as links to all of Caroline's stuff and all of Cinema Heart's stuff. Um, and the show will also be streamed, if I understand correctly. I'm 99.46 certain that it's going to be live streamed. So be sure to check that out. Um, I'm most likely going to be there watching it uh, live streaming uh, because I'll be in New York City. But uh, check it out. Let me know if you're going to be there. Maybe we could... Uh, Be there together, but not really. All right, so we should get into the interview, but first I do want to thank my subscribers on Patreon for powering this podcast. These are people who subscribe for $5 or more a month, get special perks like tons of free downloads of my music and zines and bonus podcasts. We're closing in on 80 bonus podcasts uh, that you'll have immediate access to when you subscribe, um, including all this other stuff like digital copies of like seven, I think seven or eight zines I've made, each with its own music. Um, You download my albums, there's a remix album, all kind of good stuff. So um, if you join, you can get that stuff right away, the moment you subscribe. Um, And this week's bonus episode will feature an extended conversation, which is also completely on fire with Caroline Weinroth. So enough of that. Let's hear some music. This is Cinema Hearts. Your Ideal, which will be followed by the interview with Caroline Weinroth.
That was Cinema Hearts with Your Ideal from the album Your Ideal. And here with me now is Caroline Weinroth from Cinema Hearts uh, to talk about the album. (laughs) Hi, welcome. Thank you for having me here. Uh, I'm really excited to learn about your music and your history and all the different things you do. I'm also a musician and I'm also a music teacher. So there's a lot of things that I was looking... Yeah, so I was looking at all of this stuff like, oh, God, there's going to be a lot, a lot that we could talk about. <laughs> yeah. Be- before we get too far away from it, what if, can we talk a little bit about uh, your ideal? And I have a feeling the story of that song mm-hmm. might kind of give us some background about, you know, what the EP is about. Absolutely. So your ideal was written about my experience competing in Miss America pageants which is something I did for three years um, after I had graduated college. And it was a really beautiful, impactful, memorable time in my life. And I'm so happy I did it. But it was also the most stressful and the toughest thing I've ever done. Yeah. And this, so the song, Your Ideal, I wrote it in like an instant, the moment I got home from competing at the Miss Virginia pageant. Um, and if, for those of you who are probably unaware of pageants, the way Miss America works is you enter a local competition and whoever wins goes to the state and whoever wins state goes to the national and the national is what's shown on TV. Um, So I made it as far as going to the state. And my big dream was I really wanted to be on TV at Miss America and play my electric guitar for my talent because I thought that would be very cool and subversive and very inspiring to young girls because I often felt like when I was a child that like, I didn't, I didn't know women made music. I didn't know women played guitar. Yeah. <laughs> so, cause you know, you can, you can only be what you see. And I didn't see that until I was like 19. Um, so your ideal, I wrote at the moment I came home from competing at Miss Virginia, just feeling like I really had put myself out there and I really pushed myself to the max. And now the song has become a lot more about like, overcoming perfectionism and what does it mean when you try to live up to an image that is unattainable? What does it mean when you put other people's expectations or other people's um, desires or needs ahead of your own and just like feeling all of that crumble down around you? (laughs) One of the things that's really interesting to me and it, Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It's it feels telling about just how I've perceived things until you know, I've learned something today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> until like the the idea that that for you competing in pageants was a was a way to um, empower young girls who would see you. Mm-hmm. And you know, in my in, in my growing <laughs> space, I would uh, in my mind, I'm like, wait, no, don't look, don't watch that. You know, like I would want to tell <laughs> girls, like, don't watch beauty pageants, do what you want to do. But it was interesting for you to sort of uh, take ownership of that in a way, yeah. Right, I- and I mean, I'm I'm with, like, I'm with you, and that's I think kind of like the the tension I've always felt about my participation and love for the pageantry system, but then also my critique and my like I wanted to be intense and be like my abhorrent disdain <laughs> um but at the same time it's like so I'm a I'm a music teacher too I mm-hmm. teach guitar piano and singing and I have a lot of little girl students and the thing is is like they don't know what pageants are per se but they are all about princess culture and they are all about glitter they're all about like these things like even like I could say, let's take away pageantry, but like the elements of it are still so immersed in our culture, you know? 
And yeah. I think for me, it was like, and this is kind of like, I don't know if this is the best way I could have gone about it, but I was like, let me infiltrate this very glamorous world that I genuinely want to be a part of and use this imagery to kind of like make a commentary on it. So it's like, yeah, I could go wear my crystal crown and talk to girls and, you know, instantly they think I'm a princess. But if I'm talking to them about how, um, you know, I play electric guitar or I write songs um, or, you know, like I work really hard in school, like all of these things that they might not listen to someone else say, like that felt very impactful and very memorable. And I find it very funny that like, the training I received through Miss America, that's what I use the most as a music teacher. That's really interesting. <laughs> yeah. Like just that, like, it's kind of like politician-y, just like that very like instant heart to heart connection. Mm-hmm. Obviously I try to be more sincere about it than like a congressperson, but like, <laughs> yeah, just like, but it's just that like, you have to instantly put yourself out there and be vulnerable with strangers and find a way to connect with somebody very, very quickly. So you can get a message across. Yeah. Oh, that's like, that's, I mean, it's something we learn hopefully <laughs> through our lives to just in our mm-hmm. relationships with people. Um, but yeah, especially as a teacher and with kids and I, I wasn't planning on talking a lot about teaching, but me I, neither. <laughs> but there's something about like working with kids. And I feel like you're on this vibe too, that you can't uh, condescend to them or like, be Absolutely. cute with them. Like you have yeah. to treat them like human beings. <laughs> Sounds shocking. Yes. I know. No, but that's, so, it's so true. And I mean, I think that's why, like, like I never planned on being a teacher. It's kind of something that happened to me um, after the pandemic. I used to work in audio engineering and I used to do like sound for live events, but there were mm-hmm. no live events. <laughs> so, um, oh, yeah. You know, so that, that, that career path didn't work out, which is fine. It was a very tough field to be in. So I switched to teaching. Um, but yeah, it's just like, and I think also this kind of permeates through cinema hearts as well, because again, like when I was younger, like I just, I didn't know DIY bands existed. I didn't know people could just like write songs and then decide they want to be on stage in the way that they decide. Like, I just kind of thought like, it was very like manufactured, like the radio decides how music is consumed. Yeah. Um, so it's just like, I kind of like feel like I have to respect this opportunity that's presented to me. That it's like, Oh, like whether I like it or not, like people of all ages are going to see the things that I'm doing, whether as cinema hearts or as a teacher or as like former Miss Northern Virginia or whatever. And like, they're going to latch onto it. Yeah. So yeah. Heavy stuff. (laughs) Yeah. I love the heavy stuff because there's so much about, you know, being an artist. And that's one of the things that came up Mm -hmm. that I wonder about, you know, like when, when you, when you were talking about how you didn't really know that just, this is how I perceived it. Like just anyone can be a musician or be a DIY artist. Was it like, was there a piece in there about like, Oh, well that's, that's something that like these elite isn't the right word, but the separate type of person mm-hmm, mm-hmm. who's an artist. Yeah. That's there's the like, there's that like they a class do. set. Yeah. Or like it's yeah. some foreign thing that you, you weren't. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I think, yeah, no, absolutely. And I think a lot of my ethic has been inspired by my time volunteering with girls rock camps mm-hmm. and just the things that I've learned through like their 
um, workshops and how they operate. But yeah, like even, even when I did Miss America Paddies, I'm like, <laughs> there's no like Asian American women who are playing electric guitar as their talent. There's mm-hmm. no way there's like, there's like, I was such a minority in terms of like my performance, how I looked, how I acted, my moral and political beliefs that like, it was like a big challenge. Um, but then the same thing also kind of happened in DIY where it's like, Oh, nobody's wearing like the costumes that I like wearing. No one's putting in like the showmanship and the theatricality that I want to put in. Like no one's making the type of music videos that I'm trying to make. So I always kind of felt like I was floating between these different worlds. And I think only as I've gotten like more self-assured that as an artist, you have to kind of like trust your own vision. Like you have to trust, like if you're doing stuff that no one else is doing, you're probably doing it right. But yeah. that's very scary. Do you find yourself in this place where people ask, like, well, what does your music sound like? Or what do you do? And you're like, ah, uh, oh, I don't know how to tell time. you this. No, it's like, I mean, that's the other thing. It's like, ugh, I love oldies music. It's like, ugh, how embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> I love surf rock. I love girl groups. It's like, uh, gosh. So yeah, I feel like when people ask like, what do you make? I kind of like mutter it like, uh, I make like garage rock that's inspired by sixties girl groups and surf guitar. And then they're like, what? <laughs> because that's like a, a genre <laughs> that people don't really think about as much now as well. Yeah. But you yeah, also I mean, I was, like, oh, go yeah. ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say, I was very into it. Cause like in the, early 2010s there was kind of like the burger records movement of like revitalizing that oldie sound or like i was really into dum dum girls and la luz and they were all doing that kind of revivalist kind of deal yeah but that's a, uh, it's it's but all, even that's like, not mainstream <laughs> yeah it's just really i uh, one of the things i love about the, everything we're talking about and the way you do your art and your life is that you it, it, even when like in the pageant, it sounds like you managed to like find the empowerment in, in, um, in that. What am I trying to say? No, <laughs> like, it's not it's, like Cause I think it's like, there's a stereotype. Yeah. And I think, I think it can be true that people, that women who compete, it's like their mom pushes them into it or they go into it and then they try to conform. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of like the joke I say where it's like every single winner looks and acts the same, like for decades, every single one of them looks and acts the same. And that was also something I was trying to like put in with my music video. Like I purposely cast women who were real pageant contenders because I knew they would understand like what the kind of like Stepford wife kind of style is. So I get that realism of like, it's very, it's very concerning sometimes. <laughs> Like just how it's like everyone kind of moves and acts the same, but then at the same time, everyone is so individual. They all have their, you know, unique like community service initiatives, their talents, what they do be like outside of that. Like they're all so different, but that's not shown to the public. That's not on TV. I'm trying to like, (laughs) there's, there's a part of like when I was reading about you and, and, you know, kind of developing a, a mm-hmm. more of an understanding about pageants and just kind of becoming I'm, I'm trying to become self-aware of yeah you know how i was looking at pageants in a way that was also in my like striving to be for lack of a better word woke in that area 
mm-hmm. I was actually being dismissive and you know like looking at that as like oh that's the bad thing and right and, and in a way being sexist by just discounting oh the huge group of women who were doing something that they wanted to do you know what i mean i i don't know that i'm putting oh, that into no, words no, no, totally totally and i think it's also some of it, it's like because that's like and like i do think that like a lot of that world can veer in that direction like there's not as much agency for the contestants or the winners as I think there absolutely should be. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, I think because it's like a, like a hyper feminine space, right? It's a hyper feminine space where the people who choose to be in it lean into that heavily. And also it's like a, it's a system that's based on like, I can get like so deep into this. This is like what I wrote my thesis about. Like I love it's it. a system <laughs> that's based on like American racism, on classism, on sexism. So like, inherently can you reform that not really you know like can you fix a system that was a body contest i don't know Hmm. but it's like the same could be said for modeling for instagram influencers um heck for me just like moving about my daily life like just like for existing for some people you know or we don't feel that same like distaste for like the NFL in a sense, which is a very hyper masculine space. Yeah. So, or a hyper feminine, if you think about the cheerleaders, like that's also kind of like a similar deal of like exploitation and using women and their appearance and their obedience and their silence to make money (laughs) and, and lift up men like, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I keep having these moments. Big, I know we're like, we have these big pauses. It's like, oh, it's like we're in a class discussion now. Yeah. Like, school but, or something. But it's good. I love this kind of conversation and the and the way that your your art and you know the way you showed up in the pageants was, you know, in both embracing the um the culture of it while mm. like I don't know if subverting it is the right word, but like while like bringing yourself the parts of you that could have, you know, not fit and letting those be what propelled you in the pageant. So I feel like I'm saying yeah. things in a weird way. No, right? I get, I get what you're saying. <laughs> and I think it's like, it was something that I've only realized now that I'm like many years out of it. Like I'm no longer, I'm too old to be Miss America now. So mm. now I can look back on it and be like, what the heck was I doing? But yeah, it's like when I was competing, I was too afraid to be myself and really just like unabashedly like strike out my own identity. I was so concerned with acting like all the other contestants. And that's why I never did well. And that's why I would get very stressed out and like bomb the competition. (laughs) Okay. That's that's allegory right there. (laughs) Yeah. Like, you know, and anything we do. We just have to kind of like stick to our truth. Yeah. I'm just really thinking about the time. This is, this is becoming like yeah. a lot. It just reminds <laughs> me of like times in my life too, where I've, where I've had that exact thing where right. I, I was so, yeah. yeah. Wanting to be, wanting to fit in with the status quo and whatever setting so much that I screwed it up right. way worse right, than right, I would right. have because I couldn't, I was so freaked out about letting people see who I really was. Absolutely. And I think that was a big reason why I chose... Well, I actually chose pageants as sort of like an imagery I wanted to use for Cinema Hearts like 
five years before I even competed for real. It was just something I was always drawn to. But I think a lot of it was like, because those metaphors of like a competition of cults of personality, it happens in our everyday lives all the time, but we just never really acknowledge it and we never know how to approach it. Mm. Uh, I love that I had a moment like, oh yeah, we're talking about an album. Like we're talking about your music. Um, I realized this would happen with this, um, with like when I would talk about the album, I was like, gosh, I'm going to talk a lot about passions <laughs> when this happens. I'm waiting for the day where I'm like, where NPR calls me up like, hey, we need a pageant expert. And I'm like, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> but let's like, uh, I, I love this kind of conversation because I really like talking to artists who are using their art as activism or social mm-hmm. justice, like the, all the different ways right. that people use their art. And that's exactly what you're doing and what we're talking about. So mm-hmm. it's perfectly on topic, but it's really funny to be like, <laughs> oh yeah, we're talking about your music and what like... That it- that occurs to me, yeah. Because it's like, it's also like my worlds have blurred together so much that I'm like, oh yeah, it's no longer me pretending to be like this Miss America who plays guitar character. Like I actually did that. <laughs> and that but, is what makes the music video weird too. I mean, it must have felt natural to write music about this because you're a musician. It, it felt very scary. Like I was actually very nervous to put out this record because I thought people wouldn't get it or that they would like kind of how you were saying, like they would just be like dismissive, like, oh, this or one one thing someone emailed me was like, they didn't expect music from like a pageant contestant to be so good. Huh? Because <laughs> like pageant contestants are notoriously not good singers or songwriters. <laughs> Did that feel like a compliment when they said that? I was like, I was, well, I knew this person. I was like, you know me. Of course, it's going to be good because I've written other songs not about this topic. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, but yeah, I was very nervous to put this record out and kind of revisit that world, especially I think because it's like in terms of pageantry, like I don't do it anymore. I'm just like, I'm a has-been, you know, I'm a former. And oftentimes women who latch onto that is because they don't have any other form of like excitement or glamour or whatever in their lives. And I feel so fortunate that I get to experience all these like beautiful, magical moments like every day. Um, But on the plus side, like everyone's been really into it kind of like what you were saying, like, I think everyone's gone through a moment where they've struggled with perfectionism or wanting to fit in or not sure, like if they have to be in the spotlight, how do they go about that? And that kind of struggle. It's so human. I'm, I'm still just like (laughs) processing stuff, (laughs) but in a good way, like it's, um, because I like when when I first saw your 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 uh, bio and all the different stuff, mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, this is really interesting." Like I I was already like, "Oh, this is really interesting." The way you you know Six. put pull these things together, but now that we're really talking about it, and uh, yeah, there's I I get like uh, stumped, I guess, when I'm like, "Whoa!" Like thinking a lot of a, li- a lot of different new ideas showing up. So uh, that's, that's okay. That- I mean, I'm happy to be the catalyst for these new approaches but i think that's kind of what you're saying like people if i tell them like oh i'm part of like the washington dc like punk diy music scene and i competed in pageants like legitimately on my own volition they're like what but then once i explain it like people are like oh i get it 
Like yeah. I once, I once hung out with Ian Mackay, and all he wanted to do was ask me questions about Miss America. <laughs> oh, that's a trip. Yeah. <laughs> um, did you know, like, when you were starting to put these things together, that it was going to be as surprising to people as it is? Yes, that's why I did it. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, like I. One reason. Uh, I was very addicted to like having a pageant title was it made it very easy to share my music because it, it is such no one else has done it. And mm-hmm. that felt very scary. No one else has done it. But like, like I've always kind of joked, like whenever I want to learn something new, I usually like go to the library and like, I'll get books out about it. And I'm like, there's no book about this. <laughs> so I've just kind of had to like make my own. How <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I I have these experiences as an artist too, where there's a lot yeah. of like, you know, like how do I how do I present this? Right. Whatever thing that I I, I make like solo shows where I tell stories and there's electronics and like mm-hmm. orchestral instruments and a video and like you know, it's like a weird, it's not entirely original, but like it's something that is hard to like present. Well, it's you. Like, yeah, yeah. Because you know, nothing's original, but if it's you, you're the original. Yeah, and that's a thing that can be really... Ch- Ooh! So the scary, thing that, right? Yeah, and it <laughs> connects to what you were saying before that I kind of connected with, that feeling of like those moments where we're trying so hard to fit in that we leave ourselves mm-hmm. behind when really being our authentic selves would have been what was useful in that moment. Exactly. Like, I... Have only since I've started playing live with my band, like since maybe February of this year. Mm-hmm. So like I took a long break in the pandemic. Um, and I did a lot of like solo live streams, but it was only when I came back with my band and everything that I felt like I was really myself on stage. Like I wasn't trying to be what I thought like a DIY musician should be, what a punk musician should be or what, a pageant person should be like, I really like, I felt like I would joke, like I kind of blacked out and I'm just like, all right, now I'm just like myself. And Mm. those have been the best shows I've like played in my life. And like the most confident I've ever been. And yeah, it is very scary for anyone to just not like to kind of let their guard down and to be like, all right, I'm going to share with a bunch of strangers, like my most vulnerable squishy parts and let's just hope they're into it but that's what people connect with because that's what everyone wants to be like that like they admire that courage Mm -hmm. and like i can't remember if we talked about representation yet but i wanted to Mm -hmm. talk about Mm -hmm. that but like um people want to see themselves absolutely on stage and when we're authentic and um intimate and sincere telling about ourselves people really yes they really connect with that yeah and i think it's like even like beyond like if you say like physical representation or like racial or gender representation it's like everyone can connect to like a like a very detailed personal story in a way you know or even if they can't connect like hopefully they have like the human capacity to like empathize (laughs) Yeah, I've been very fortunate to have like just like amazing audiences who are always like so receptive. Um, So yeah, whoa! This is I'm playing a show 
um, next week. And I'm like, wow, now I'm excited for that. I was scared. Now I'm like, oh, never mind. Like, if you're scared of something, it means you care. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a really important lesson. Like anxiety too. Like, mm. oh, look at that. I'm I'm really, this is something that really matters. Right. And that's good. Like, that's great that you get to have something like that. Yeah, Amazing. it's very exhausting. Yeah. But, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't try anything else for it. <laughs> yeah. I think we, uh, I hate, we're uh, getting to we the end of here? our time. Yeah, but we're oh, running really? out. Of- oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. No, it's okay. Like, and I want to do our little mini interview too, but like, I hate, like, it felt like, like, cause this conversation is so good. I'm like, wait, we can't end already, but we're like, yeah, it's, it's time. What? But we're going to listen to another song too. Um, yeah. But I think the song you picked really latches onto this. Uh, it's called sister. sister. Yeah. 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 Um, sounds like you have something to say about it. Yeah. You know, uh, sister was not supposed to be on this album. I was going to cut it because it was initially a guitar song and mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't know what to do with it. And also I think because it is very different lyrically from what I've written before, like it's very, as we've been saying, very vulnerable, very like, I mean, I kind of want to say it's a little bit messy. It's a little bit icky in some of the words, like, I remember the line, like all the goons think twice. I was like, why am I using that word? And I was like, that's how I view those people who are just like rude. Um, Mm. But yeah, sister was not going to be on it. It was a maybe, but then I was working with Bartiz strange in the studio. And I was like, Bartiz, if you really believe in the song, like you come up with whatever you want, like, and I'm just going to trust it. And he came up with this very beautiful, immersive synthesized production. And it's unlike every anything I've made before and probably will be unlike any other song I make again. And I think it's just like, it encapsulates sort of like that. I was going to say it's sort of like a floating feeling of like not really being sure, like how you can connect with people or what your place in the world is, but also just like eventually at the end, like just like landing, being grounded. Um, but yeah, sister was about, uh, my roommate that I had when I competed at Miss Virginia. And it was also about a time where I spent a week with my friend, Abby, Abby Rashid, who's also a songwriter with her family in South Carolina. And it was just like me being around like all of these like women, my age, I've never had a sister growing up and just kind of feeling like I can let my guard down. Like I can just hang out with them. I can wear my retainer in front of them at night and not Mm. have to like put up, put up this mask of being like perfect public person. Like we can just let our guard down and just like be comfortable with each other. Before we listen to it, can you tell everyone where to find the things? Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. If you love deep discussions like this, you should follow me on Instagram and TikTok at cinema hearts. I love answering questions. I love making little videos and doing like tutorials and I will never stop talking about indie music and pageants if you ask me any questions. <laughs> um, you can also follow me on Twitter at Cinema Hearts. And I have uh, a new video for your ideal on YouTube. And I have music as Cinema Hearts on Spotify and Bandcamp where you can get CD and vinyl and you can stream my new EP, Your Ideal, produced by Barty Strange. <laughs> that was perfect. Cool. I, I love the way you put it. So, I like, you knew how to get perfect. through that. Yeah, I noticed. 
Uh, well, thanks so much for joining us and uh, patrons who are listening. Be on the lookout in the next couple of days for an extra bonus podcast where we're going to talk a little bit about, about I don't know what yet. We got to figure that out. Um, but yeah. that'll be for after. <laughs> but thanks so much for joining me. And, um, Thank you so much. And here's sister. So we come to the end of another episode of Mikey Pod. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you, Caroline, for being on the show today. Thank you, gentle listeners and patrons. Be sure to listen and check for the uh, bonus podcast this week. And I think that's everything. I'll see you next week. Bye.